0: Good morning, faithful listeners, you have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Happy Tuesday. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast, and this is your host, Jen. Now, today we are in Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to be reading over half of this chapter here. One thing I'm trying to do is is line up scriptures so that when Easter comes around we are near Jesus's death and resurrection so that is why I'm going to try to quickly get through Matthew chapter 16 over the next couple days rather than breaking it into smaller sections just so that we can almost journey with Jesus through his death and resurrection on the days that it actually happens but we'll see if I make it work I don't know yet <laughs> but go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 verses 1 through 12 As always, I will be reading out the WEB version of the Bible, or the WEB version, but you can read out of whatever version you usually read out of. The Pharisees and Sadducees came, and testing him, asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites! You know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, but there will be no sign given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. He left them and departed. The disciples came to the other side and had forgotten to take bread. Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They reasoned among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. Jesus, perceiving it, said, Why do you reason among yourselves, you of little faith, because you have brought no bread? Don't you yet perceive or remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many baskets you took up, or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many baskets you took up? How is it that you don't perceive that I didn't speak to you concerning bread, but beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he didn't tell them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now when Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say John the Baptizer, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my assembly, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will have been released in heaven." Then he commanded the disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Starting off in verse 1, we see that the Pharisees and Sadducees are coming together to come and test Jesus and ask him all sorts of difficult questions, or questions at least they think are difficult, but Jesus answered them with no problem. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are two very distinct groups of Jews. The Pharisees and Sadducees were actually enemies with each other and didn't like each other. So the fact that they are coming together to test Jesus shows how scared they are together as a group. They kind of got brought together because of Jesus himself. Now, the Sadducees, we know from scripture and from history, that they didn't believe in the resurrection and they were not searching for the Messiah. Now, the Pharisees believed in both of those things. They were searching for the Messiah and they believed in the resurrection of the dead. So because of these two conflicting opinions between these two groups, they kind of hated each other. But now here they are together, teaming up and asking Jesus all these stupid questions. And they ask him to show them a sign from heaven, So not a sign from earth, because Jesus had already done all these signs on earth. He had healed the sick. He had fed so many thousands of people, and he did that twice. He did so many crazy miracles and all sorts of stuff, but they wanted a sign from heaven. They wanted like fire to come out of heaven or lightning to strike somebody or who knows what else. They wanted angels to come down with their trumpets and I don't know. They just wanted some sort of crazy sign coming straight from heaven itself. So Jesus says to them, you know, you guys are infuriating because you can recognize the signs of the day. So if, if the sun is setting and it's red, the sky is red, you say that it's going to be fair weather. But if the sun is coming up in the morning and you see that the sky is red, you say it's going to be a a day with poor weather. So you can discern those signs of the day and the weather, but you can't discern the signs of the times. So basically Jesus is saying like, you can tell the weather based on the sky, but I'm doing all these miracles and all these signs, but you can't even discern that I am the Messiah, the son of God. And he says that to them. Now he doesn't mention that he is the Messiah, the son of God. In fact, he doesn't mention that pretty much at all. There was very few occasions where he did mention that fact. And that was because We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but that was because it was not Jesus's time yet for the people to really understand that he was the Messiah. In fact, he called this generation that he lived in adulterous and sinful and evil because they could not understand what was directly in front of him. But a lot of times when Jesus travels to Gentile regions, like with that Gentile woman or with the centurion, they recognize who Jesus is without even sometimes seeing a sign. But these Pharisees and Sadducees and many of the other people in the Jewish uh, community at this time cannot recognize what Jesus is doing. So he says to them, "'I am not going to give you any sign.'" except for the sign of Jonah. And he had mentioned that before, I believe it was in Matthew 12. He had said the same things to the Pharisees because they had asked him once again, can you show us a sign from heaven? But he said, no, the only sign that you get is the sign of Jonah where he is in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And he repeats himself once again. The reason the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted a sign from heaven is because they they believed. That Jesus had some sort of a demon inside of him. Many of them believed that. In fact, they had mentioned that, you know, like, he's casting out demons with the help of Beelzebub, the demon, you know, Satan himself. Jesus yelled at them for saying that, like, look, you cannot... Blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which is what you're doing. The Holy Spirit is what is helping me drive out these demons and heal the sick and all that. So they wanted this sign from heaven because they believed for some reason that having a sign from heaven meant that it was coming straight down from heaven, but having signs here on earth. They believed that it could just be that Jesus had a demon, so he was getting this these earthly signs uh, with the help of Satan himself. And that is why Jesus strongly here in verse 3 uh, and 4 criticizes them and says, you are adulterous, you are evil, you are wrong, and I will not give you any sign because you wouldn't understand it even if I did. <laughs> You can't discern the signs of the times. So now Jesus retreats from that and he meets up with his disciples on the other side. So Jesus had to have been probably alone at this time without his 12 disciples. And it says in verse five, he meets up with his disciples and he says to them, take heed and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So he's saying to them, don't listen to the false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I don't know if you guys remember uh, several episodes back that I had done in Matthew, but there was a parable about a woman who takes bushels and bushels of um, flour and makes tons of bread out of it, but she puts the tiniest little bit of yeast in that bread, like the tiniest little pinch, but then it leavens the entire bunch of bread. Now, Jesus is almost referring to this this parable, because that is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees are doing. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are corrupting everybody. They are uh, ruining the whole bunch of bread with their false teachings and their false doctrines. You know, not everything they taught was false. You know, they did teach the law, but they added so much garbage into it and and sin and uh, and all sorts of trash into it that ruined the whole bunch of bread. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, do not listen to the false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, take heed and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But the disciples don't understand any of this. And they're just like, "Uh uh-oh, we didn't bring any bread with us. (laughs) So it says they're reasoning among themselves, saying like, is Jesus yelling at us because we didn't bring any bread along? And so they are just fully... Not understanding what Jesus is talking about here. So Jesus knows that they are sitting there discussing among themselves that they didn't bring any bread. And Jesus is like, why are you sitting there talking to each other about the bread? Do you not understand that I can feed you? I just fed 4,000 people literally a second ago in Matthew chapter 15 and I also fed 5,000 people with nothing but a few loaves of bread I can feed you guys why are you reasoning about the bread I'm talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees so he kind of scolds them a little bit and it's kind of funny in verses 8 eight through 11. So finally in verse 12, the disciples understand what Jesus is talking about. Um, And it says in verse 12 that they understood that he wasn't talking about them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So after this, Jesus and his disciples are traveling and they go to Caesarea of Philippi, which was a primarily Gentile region. And while he's traveling with his disciples, and likely this was a less populated spot as well, so he probably would have had more time to teach his disciples and be with them rather than have tons of multitudes surrounding him all the time, he says, who do people say that I am? And they say, you know, some say that you are John the Baptist back from the dead. Some people say Elijah or Jeremiah or any of the other great prophets. And this is an interesting response. This kind of shows how... I don't want to say the word ordinary that Jesus was because he wasn't ordinary, but inconspicuous, I should say, that Jesus really was. He didn't claim all the time that he was the son of God or the Messiah to all these multitudes of people. Yes, he did heal people, but Elijah and Elisha did miracles they were some of the old prophets and they performed miracles so people believed that Jesus was a prophet who was given this god given ability to heal and perform these great miracles now not everybody believed that because it does say in Matthew 15 that when Jesus was on the mountain healing people that the people were marveling over Jesus's ability to do this stuff so i'm sure that the people that saw Jesus performing these miracles Potentially knew that there was something more happening than just the fact that he might be an old prophet or a new prophet and have these God given abilities, but maybe that he was in fact the Son of God. Now, I'm not saying that that is the truth, but most people in the area knew about Jesus and believed that he was potentially just a resurrected prophet of old or maybe a new prophet, but they didn't believe that he was the Messiah or the son of God, because Jesus didn't toot his own horn. He didn't go out in the streets and proclaim that he was the son of God or do these crazy miracles from heaven like people wanted him to do he didn't do any of that kind of stuff he was inconspicuous he tried to be inconspicuous actually he didn't want all this fame and popularity and many times he tells people you know don't even tell them that i did this for you so jesus was not a prideful person but rather a very humble person and he was also god's son but it was not his time to explain that to people because It was not his time to die and resurrect yet. People would eventually know that yes, Jesus was in fact both the son of God and the Messiah, but not yet. But he asks his disciples after they answer this, he says, who do you guys say that I am? And Peter answers, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter understands after being with Jesus for all this time, finally has an understanding that Jesus is in fact the Son of God and the Messiah. And possibly at first Peter did not understand this and probably many of the disciples did not understand this either, but did think that Jesus was a great prophet who was willing to teach them, a rabbi, who they would follow and learn from and all this stuff. But now Peter understands who Jesus is after traveling with him, probably for close to two years at this point. And because of his understanding of Jesus and who Jesus is, Jesus says to Peter, you are blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Father who is in heaven. So he says directly to Peter, if you don't have an understanding of the Father and of the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be able to discern who I am. But because you were able to, because you believe in the Father and believe in the Holy Spirit, you have discerned that I am the Son of God. And you are blessed because of that. And he says, you're now named Peter. And I believe it is from the Greek word, um, Petros, which means stone or rock. And he says, you are named Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church or build my assembly, build my chosen group of people, the gates of Hades, will not overtake this church. And look at where we're at today. So this has come true. You know, Christians are widely persecuted across the world and have been for generations since Jesus' time, since Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. The Christian church has been widely, severely persecuted and still is. And yet, here we are, to this day, going to church, uh, doing podcasts like this, reading the Bible, teaching other people about all of this stuff. The gates of Hades, as much as they want to destroy this church, have not destroyed it. We are still here to this day. And we will still be here until Jesus comes back again. The gates of Hades or all of hell is not going to prevail against the church. It cannot. And he says, Peter, you are going to help build this assembly of followers. And that is what happens after Jesus dies. Peter does become the main person and Paul as well. But Peter becomes the first main person where this church of Jesus is built on. And he kind of builds the first church that we read about in Acts chapter 2. But then in verse 19, Jesus says to Peter, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you release on earth will have been released in heaven. So he's giving Peter some sort of authority to build this church after Jesus dies. You know, Peter does have some authority and some um, say in what is going to happen next in the church. But then after this, He commands his disciples that they should not tell anyone that he was Jesus the Christ, or the Messiah. The Christ is another name for the Messiah. So like I said earlier, Jesus did not want to be recognized as the Messiah yet, because it was not his time to be recognized as the Messiah. If people knew that he was the Messiah, they would try to force him to be the King. And Jesus was not going to allow that to happen. So he just says, keep quiet about who I am but then after Jesus is resurrected from the dead he tells his disciples you don't have to be silent anymore go out and preach the gospel to every creature is what he says to them so Jesus has a plan and a purpose for what is about to happen next and that is why he tells his disciples to keep quiet about it for now Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode today. If you enjoyed it, make sure to come back on Thursday at 6 a.m. And we will be discussing the next part of Matthew chapter 16. We are leading up into Easter, which is super exciting. And I am coming out with a Easter coloring book, both an adult one and a children's version of the same coloring book. It is also a devotional. So stay tuned and I will let you guys know more about that in the future. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to rate it five stars and also share it on your social media platforms. That will help not only people find the podcast, but you're helping spread the gospel just as Jesus commanded his disciples to do after he was resurrected from the dead to spread the gospel to every creature. And that is an excellent way to do that, both by rating the podcast for five stars, because that will help other people find it. And also by sharing it on your social media platforms. But friends, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow, 6 a.m., for an episode of Genesis. Happy listening, and God bless.